If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. All Ukrainians are innovative right now, you know, because of war forcing you to run faster, to think faster, and to be innovative. By Nanit, with just this microcontroller, you can create 100 robots. Roboticist, entrepreneur, and educator Vladislav Konov's latest innovation is the Nanit, an edtech robot with no age restrictions. This is a kit designed to be easy and a lot of fun for kids of all ages, including ours. Vlad, who is both the founder of Ukraine-based international robotics laboratory RoboHouse and the founder and CEO of Nanit Robotics, has a vision for Nanit as much more than simply a cool educational robotics kit. Vlad, before we get to talking about this cool robot, Nanit, this is just the latest in a series of robotic innovations for you. As someone with a background in marketing and business, how did robotics first spark your imagination as this is the work you really wanted to do? This is the case of professional orientation for us. This is the main problem. The 65% of kids that entering school today will end up and working for the job that currently do not exist. So this is my case. So I tried to be a marketer, tried to be a businessman. And when I just tried to, to learn robotics, that was, uh, you know, 10 years ago, and I started from adult age, and I have a lot of success right now in my sphere of robotics that I'm doing. I'm creating robots, I'm doing engineering, I'm doing robotic business. And can you imagine if I start at 12 or 13, for example, if I found my way by that time? So, yeah, so I try myself and I try to find my way. And when I got the opportunity, I learned about robotics through the YouTube and try myself, try my skills to help my partners to develop first robotic business. And after I just moved to it, you know, I loved it and I'm still doing it. This is the story. What do you remember best about that journey? As an adult, it's not the easiest thing in the world to start learning robotics. What presented you with the biggest challenge? The lack of information. First of all, education need to based on something. We have a lot of, we have a pool of different solutions. And actually, we have less possibilities for adults. We have more STEM education for kids, basically, right? So, but now market, market need is to change your professional orientation. So it's okay to change your professional orientation at least three times in your lifetime. So to find something good for me and uh, open really open my eyes for robotics i did a lot of researches we don't have a lot of opportunities to manually you know create robots in ukraine so by that time we didn't have any fab labs or like laboratories or educational campus that providing technologies such as arduino for example or raspberry pi or so i didn't have a lot of opportunities to learn and I cannot catch the main idea of robotics in my life because I didn't know what is there by the end of the day. What will I have by the end of the day? This is really challenge for me. But I, 
I'm doing good right now. So I have my goals and, you know, all that experience that I accumulate those years, I'm sharing in my personal courses, for example, in robotics and in my robots that I creating. I'm going to brag on you a little bit. You started a school in Ukraine that was the first of its kind yes. from zero to high speed learning robotics. I thought that was a really cool thing. When people are going to be learning robotics, I love that Nanit is from young age to 97 and a half, if you want. Would you tell me the story of creating the Nanit robot, please? Oh, yeah, sure. First of all, we create robot because, like you mentioned before, we had school of robotics, one of the biggest in Ukraine before the war, before the COVID, actually. And we tried a lot of different stuff. I mean, we tried to teach on MakeBlock, on, we tried Lego, we tried a lot of different technologies. And we realized that those companies, they based on product, like hardware, more than on education. And so we started from the school and we had some pains and problems. Like why we create the robot that doesn't have any age restrictions? Because we are school, we want to have one product that we can use to teach all ages. We don't want to buy new products for each age groups. This is the problem, right? And this is a lot of useless plastic, a lot of useless pollution. We just threw it away after we use it. You know, it's really a problem for us, first of all. Secondly, we are thinking that if you're doing robotics like your lifetime product, like a robot, like your lifetime friend, it's increasing the professional orientation like by 30% because you're too much involved in it. It's like a pet, right? You're learning, you're learning through your lifestyle. And it's really good. So by Nanit, with the, just this microcontroller, you can create 100 robots from one, one box right now. You have a wonderful video where you unbox the Nanit and demonstrate. I'm going to ask you to choose one of the various things this can become that isn't in the video. I know I really like the pumpkin, but this is up to you. And having unboxed this, what do we do? How do we make that? Yeah, so first of all, it's easy. We create, we put the magnetic frames on blocks so you can magnet any sensors inside the box. You can just, you know, magnet to the frame. I will show you. So like this, you see? Mm -hmm. We have magnetic frames. This is the main block you can magnet it to. See, we have frames here, magnetic. And uh, using the combination of these blocks, you're creating the frame like skeleton for uh, different modifications. And after you just put the cartoon between the sensor and the frame. I mean, for example, you want to create the samurai, right? Oh, I love it. So you take in the frame, you put, the, you put here, you magnet it with the sensor and you have the samurai. That's it. Since Nanit is open source, it allows a lot of room for creativity and fun. You have, I believe, C programming, and this is going to sound like Greek to anybody that's not that familiar with robotics, but you have C programming and you have Scratch, which is this very cool beginning program of robotics. It's like building block on block, if I remember correctly. Is that correct? Yes. 
we took the most advantage technologies like Scratch and C. This is the basics for all robotics. Doesn't matter about the age. It's just, you know, you need to learn it before you start robotics. So uh, the main block, main hub based on, so it's connectable with Arduino IDE. So you can program it through the Arduino or you can create your ArduBlock. This is the part of Arduino that people using Scratch to program Arduino. So you can program Scratch and after you just um, update the firmware of Nanit. So you can use any libs or any projects that already exist in the networking of Arduino to program our microcontroller. Beyond the immediate fun and learning, Vlad envisions Nanit as part of a much larger picture. I really want to create Nanit like a networking platform. So because you have a lot of potential and open code, so you can create a lot of different networking for different engineers based on Nanit, like on Arduino, for example, to create uh, different projects. And I really want that the modifications that we can provide in Nanit, we can take from real cases of real use cases of our customers. I want our customers to be our developers, like in the understanding of creating new modifications or new creatures or or new code. Yeah, it's really great. I think if you're doing that platform with that ecosystem of networking, you can be successful there. So you can split a lot. You're building a community. What is one use case that you really have loved within the past year or two years? What's been one of your absolute favorites? A really funny one was in New York. I got a nephew and he took Nanit and tried to create some new modification. And he created the guard, alarm guard for refrigerator to control his parents to not get in the refrigerator afternoon. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so in the nighttime. So if you're trying to open the refrigerator in nighttime, Nanit making noise, like alarm. <laughs> so he's trying to stop eating after 12 p.m. Uh, Did it work well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First time it was really scary. But after he tried to make the noise a little bit lower. And I think it works right now. That is what it was really fun. I'm glad he's not in my house to have a neat on our cookie jar. (laughs) (laughs) What if somebody listening is a teacher and they're hearing us talk about Arduino IDE and going, what? And they really want to start with robots and don't know quite where to. Would you give me a mini lesson on how do you get started with robotics in your classroom? It depends on the age groups, but we have pre-installed firmware inside that you can just plug and play. So all the modifications that going going with the box, inside the box, when you buy it from the shield, from the Amazon, or it's going with the pre-installed firmware and manual. You just, you know, connect everything together. You try to create some modification and after you turn it on, what you need to do, you just need to turn it on and choose the mode, choose the mode inside of theory right with the sensor button here for example samurai and you you're choosing the samurai mode and you plug in everything together using the manual and you have this 
the samurai modification of Nanit. So you don't need to learn robotics first time that you just turn it on. You can play with this. And after you really involve in the technology, you can go forward and we give you a manual how to program it. I noticed that you have three different components to the Nenni. You have the robot and then STEM education. And then you have, I thought it said video books. Now, what are these? Video books is our self-education platform that we pre-record the video for. So we pre-record the video, educational video and comics is for each particular creature that we have in modification. So we have video about the dragon or samurai or Christmas tree, you know, and it's like a comics. So you log into the platform and you're watching the comics. And for example, Yeti or dragon has a problem that we need to solve in the way of these comics. And after you're solving this problem, you assemble everything together using your educational kit. And this is like, we call it learning the world through the robots. I love that. I could foresee people having a lot of fun with this. And what was the most fun for you designing it? What do you enjoy the most? I really like, first of all, I like to create modifications because all of them created by my ideas of modifications, you know. And for each modification, I took part of our life that we want to make alive or a magic for us so to create the modifications is the most fun part in the field of business for me the funnest part is the manufacturing you know because it's really you know a lot of motivation when you product something when you have something on your hands that you create it's really motivate you to move forward because this is the future i mean you can find it everywhere if you're going around your house, you see a lot of electronics, a lot of different programmable Internet of Things stuff that that this is the future. If you're not learning it, you're going out of future. So this is really good to understand how it works to create it after. At the time of our conversation, Vlad had just returned from CES 2023, in which he had participated as an exhibitor in the Eureka Park startup area. He recalled the trends he had seen. The top three topics are robotics, smart home, and uh, VR, 3D VR. So those the, the most attractive for the market fields, the robotics, uh, smart home, and VR right now. So if you're not learning it, you, I think you cannot find your way in future. I had wondered what had been one of your absolute favorite memories of CES, this time especially as one of the 12 Ukrainian innovators. Oh, we have all Ukrainians are innovative right now, you know, <laughs> because of war forcing you to run faster, to think faster, to doing something faster and to be innovative in different ways. You know, I think this is the second part of our attitude in Ukraine. We can adapt. So first of all, we are brave. And secondly, we are smart. So this is the combination of winning the war with the Russia. You need to be smart so and innovative. If you want to create and learn new technologies, you need to be innovative. We have really 
beautiful ministry of uh, digitalization in Ukraine. This is new ministry. There are all young people, ambition people there. And Minister Fedorov is really good. We have a Ukrainian startup fund. We create our own startup fund. Can you imagine it? Uh, I think not a lot of countries can have their own startup fund that fund by, you know, by the government. It's really cool. And yeah, so this is the innovation that we can have right now. But I think after the war, we will move for the technology of smart home for sure, because we need to rebuild a lot of buildings, you know. And I think we are really good in digitalization, like in paperless technologies. Actually, we signed a contract with the Binance, I think, that providing us the cryptocurrency and we you can use cryptocurrency to buying some services in Ukraine. So it's kind of cool. And uh, yeah, so I cannot say somebody is particularly like Ukrainian Elon Musk, but I think all of us part of our success. As the world stands behind Ukraine, what do you need? What's one of the best ways as an innovator people can support you? Mm, I think we need to check what is Ukraine, right? Ukraine, the same like United States. We are agriculture country. And we need to create technology to do in agriculture, to do it faster, better, and more efficient and effective. I think this also we are good in IT. And we really want uh, world support, our programmers, our developers with their own projects. We're trying to find, you know, collaboration with different companies to show our technologies, to make some partnership and find investment. I think we have a lot of different technologies in different fields, like Ukrainian doctors. They are really good too, for example. We have a lot of technologies. We just need to find good partners for sharing those technologies and good partners for investment. You can find out more about Nanit at nanitrobot.com. That's Nanit, spelling it N-A-N-I-T, nanitrobot.com. Vlad also talked about his experience exhibiting at CES 2023. I realized that Nanit has a lot of potential. I mean, we had a lines of different people to speak with us. I mean, it was huge communication networking event for us. And I think we we got that proof that we have value of our product, for sure. This is the main marker to be successful, to have value. So for us, we're trying to find really smart money from people who want to invest in manufacture, who want to invest in distribution. So we're not startup anymore in case of, you know, create the idea and try to make a prototype. We have MLP stage. This means the minimum lovable product, not not MLP stage already. So by that stage, we just need to have people who really understand the business and who really can help with the you know, distribution and uh, direct sales. The information you can find on our website, nanidrabat.com. Also, you can follow our link to our presentation. We have QR code over there. Or you can find me, Vlad Kanov, in LinkedIn and just connect me directly. 
I have Vlad Konov, K-O-N-O-V, but it also says Katov. So just so yeah, yeah. confuse people. Yeah. What would you really like to be doing with the Nanit in the future? If anything could come true right now for you with the Nanit, what would happen in the next year? Yeah, so we have a plans. Actually, like I mentioned before, remember that we don't have enough STEM education for adults. And I want to solve this problem. So we create the Nanit version for adults. So this is the technology based on smart home solution. And this is the layout. You connect Nanit here and you can create your own smart home and program it with a C language. So this is the new version of Nanit for adult people. I, I really want it to, to be successful too because we have a lack of engineers worldwide and we want to solve it. Especially here, for example, after the war in Ukraine, we need to give soldiers professional orientation to move forward, right? So this is the way. I mean, why you cannot learn the smart home technologies? And we need to rebuild Ukraine. We need to rebuild our homes. Why you cannot learn? This is really good to learn the smart home technology and just rebuild and create smart homes, not just regular. So really good potential. Also, electronics almost the same. I mean, if you can program the smart home solution using the same language and you can understand the microcontroller, you can program drone, you can program any robot that you want. When will this new Nanit robot be available in the US, the one for adults? This is a tricky question. Actually, we're trying to make a 100% production in Ukraine, but it's tough right now because of electricity issue. So we need to, I hope that we can place on Amazon maybe in in next few months, by the end of the spring. I want to record the video book with this too. I have really good ideas how we can learn robotics using the video books and uh, self-education. So I creating my own course of smart home. And so they will use Nanit, the people will buy Nanit and they can open the video book and watch the videos of how we're creating the smart homes and, you know, in the way of practical skills. So we will show them different robots. We will show them like a Ukrainian or Russian drone and we'll show them how it works and how it works in sphere of doing it in smart home solution. How will your smart home work? What are you envisioning? <laughs> yeah, I'm really fan of automatization. I don't like the voice controlling. I think it's you know over for me. I'm not using any like Siri. I'm not using the Google Assistant. I really love to create automatization. So I want my home always be warm. For example, I have a lot of microcontrollers that controlling the heat systems, the air conditioning systems. The um, electricity power station systems, they combining with those one microcontroller that controls all the comfort inside my apartment. So I'm the fan of it. Uh, some days I'm trying to you know send some commands through the Bluetooth. I'm using Bluetooth and trying to, for example, make my teapot hot and make some tea uh, remotely. Mm, yes, but... You know, nowadays in Ukraine, we have different values and understanding of smart home. And we don't have time to control 
the home using our voice. We want to have everything automatically. So automatization is my way of doing smart homes. What do you consider one of the most interesting things you've learned about robotics with teaching and with innovating in the past year? First of all, I learned that the robot is not only Terminator, you know, from the movie. (laughs) 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 Because when you say in robot, people thinking that, you know, it's a kind of T machine from, you know, the Terminator 2, the trying to kill the everyone. and uh, But the robot can be a washing machine or a smart home or the drone or a lot of different stuff that has the microcontroller and sensors. We say in robots because, you know, the word robot it came from Bulgarian, from the you know, Slavonic world. Robota is mean working so working so it's meaning that some electronical system with a microcontroller that can replace work or workers so everything that can help you with the work with your homework with the washing work everything that can help you like a manipulator work lift work everything is robot so this is the you know fundamental robotics and we teach it but for me, I think that people need to need to have a time to think globally, and we need to man, make expansion to different planets and to share our technologies and to share our human being ideas. We need to have robots in future to get there in the space somehow, right, to send something that can connect us with a different universe. I think it's really cool. And without robots, we cannot do it. So we need to make the life better here with the robots. And we need to open a new variation of life for ourselves using robots too. And finally, if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you really like them to take away from the work you're doing? I think that my coworkers, my colleagues, they always point of my ability to think different. So if you can describe me is the, the like rules breaker and the guy who is think different, you know, this is the really good opportunity to think and look at yourself from different perspective. The good ability to to make new features and new innovations. Well, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you very much too. You and I have been listening to Vladislav Kanov, founder of Canada-based Nanit Robotics and founder and CEO of international robotics laboratory RoboHouse in Ukraine. Find out more about Nanit at nanitrobot.com. Once again, that name is spelled N-A-N-I-T neatrobot.com. And as Vlad mentioned, he'd like to find some U.S. partners for distributing Neat. You can find him on LinkedIn at Vlad Konov, spelling his last name K-O-N-O-V. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks. 
M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.